You're listening to KBOO Portland. Did you know that the overwhelming majority of KBOO's operating funds come from monthly donations from our members? Join the thousands of KBOO members who make KBOO possible by becoming a monthly sustaining member today. Just go to our website at kboo.fm slash give and help us reach our spring fundraising goal of $80,000 by May 31st. If you're financially able right now, show your support for non-commercial, independent, volunteer-powered community radio today. We apologize for this break in transmission. We'll return you to our normal program as soon... We apologize for this break in transmission. We'll return you to our normal program as soon as possible. This is the Minneapolis police. The party is over. Can, if you all just grab your stuff and leave, there won't be any hassle. The party's been closed. It's, the party is over with. Grab your stuff and go. And then nobody goes to jail. You want those
us now is just a bunch of kids coming from all over the state to all over the state, huh? Uh-huh. Okay, we'll, uh, I'd appreciate it if you move it someplace else or call it off so we don't have any problems. Well, there won't be any problems if you people would just stay away, because there's not going to be a noise problem. You guys are going to have to prove that there is. Oh, we'll be able to prove that. Because we'll have an attorney there, we'll have the newspapers there, and, and, uh, you know, you guys, you, you, you should have a little bit more pride in your job and, and, and not go so out of your way to make fools of yourselves. Well, that's a matter of opinion. Uh, it's a matter of intelligence.
as usual and avoid panic buying. I'd like to leave a message for uh, probably Adrian Harris if uh, she is the mother of Justin Tentler who lives on Wyeth Avenue in Williamsburg. Now what I'd like to say to you, Adrian, is that uh, I live in Williamsburg and there's a lot of other people who live over here and your son is causing an enormous disturbance in this neighborhood. And you'd better tell him to stop, because if we continue to hear that music go on for the next few days, someone's going to go over there and throw all his goddamn stuff out the window. And you, I understand, are responsible for this by paying the rent for that stupid... as usual and avoid panic buying.
This is KBOO Portland, listener-powered, non-corporate community radio. This is actually probably a good as place as any to do some back announcing. Hang on. Doing this live, if you can't tell, from my house. I just heard from Diablo, who I believe is on after me. Um, thank you for listening, everybody. This is Rich, and this is Radio Lost and Found for another week. Or whatever you want to call it. Uh, we just heard the Dills with I Hate the Rich, and before that, Black Market Baby gave us Youth Crimes. And then we heard the Dead Kennedys with Police Truck. And then a band from Texas, I believe, called Stark Raving Mad, gave us SOS Blood Clot. And then uh, Legal Weapon from L.A. gave us Equalizer. And then we heard Millions of Dead Cops with Dead Cops, America's So Straight, and that came from the Millions of Dead Cops. LP, and then Rob Power from Italy, You Are the Victim. So the title track from that album from 1984 and then the UK subs New York State Police and that came from the singles compilation that I have and then the Crucifix with Cops for Fertilizer from their Immortal first LP the Crucifix and then Mick Farron and the Deviants with Let's Loot the Supermarket again like we did last summer and then we heard Husker Du with Guns in My School from their first EP or album called Land Speed Record and then the replacements with Kids Don't Follow both bands from Minneapolis with that wonderful intro from the Minneapolis police fun breaking up their fun so hope you're enjoying the show so far this is Rich and this is Radio Lost and Found coming live from my home studio this is the second time we've done this and it's work and thanks to engineer Arthur it's working show continues thanks for listening Identification on him. 
just in case the city road crew wanted to notify his next of kin. Dead Nazi by the side of the road. Dead Nazi by the side of the road. Once I flipped him over, I noticed someone had done drilled a two-inch diameter hole in his forehead. Some of his brains were sticking out like when you mash down too hard on some toothpaste. There were some bugs that bit off a chunk of his face, and his eyeballs were looking off in different directions, like he wasn't sure where he's coming or going. <laughs> Dead Nazi by the side of the road. Dead Nazi by the side of the road. Dead Nazi by the side of the road. Lie face down where the grass got mowed. Mrs. Cooper's Cocker Spaniel Rex run up and started pumping on that hole with the brain sticking out of it. Lord, I've never seen that dog get so excited. He was just panting and pumping his little behind up and down so hard, I thought he was going to dislocate one of his hips. But after two or three minutes, he lost control of his doggy bowels.
Sean the bus driver. This track has nothing to do with you, though. I mean, it's not about you. Lord, the cat was all jumping at the Illinois pole barn clusterfuck. Big tall Sammy and freckle face Dan brought sandwiches, and the Powinkle ladies' choir sang dirges and mule shanties, made the men folk proud. The full complement of penetrators and oil-based lubricants was laid out on a crimped-up gunny sack, and we all wondered who'd be the first to expose their crotch once the youngins cleared away the punch bowl. Old Uncle Willie started things off with them rolling pink testicles we'd all seen before. They popped out one at a time and startled Mrs. Pickering, and he draped them over a shovel to keep the hens away. Shorty Crenshaw straddled a plow and pulled out a carton of goat cheese. The ladies all gathered around and spread it a couple inches thick on Shorty's backside, setting the table, if you please. The hogs was brung over to sample Shorty's wares, and Granny Trout slid her colostomy under some hay so as not to put anyone off their supper. Merle and Mavis Thicket brought their stag reels and Porter Wagner records, and Mavis proceeded to show Merle the cold, hard facts of life. Folks say they'd never seen so many peculiar objects go up Merle's anus in one session, and the cows could hear the screams clear over by the highway. Discipline was strictly enforced as the ladies gathered the menfolk in a circle, led by their cock rings and a sour leather horse strap. Nobody dared talk back at the Illinois Pole Barn clusterfuck. This goes out to everyone in Minneapolis. Who can turn the world on with her smile? Who can take a Suddenly make it all seem worthwhile Well, it's you, girl, and you should know it With each glance and every little movement you show it Love is all around, no need to waste it You can have a town, why don't you take it? You're gonna make it after all Love is all around, no need to waste it
thinking about that last call. You know, the one with the, the mother selling that crack baby for puff on that pot. Got me to thinking about the world situation, a total uh, sick degeneracy this world's in. Chaos, the, the, the total declension of the world. Oh, you got that right, Lester. I don't think people appreciate what we go through on a day-to-day basis. I mean, we see the murders, the junkies, the, the rapists, the sodomists of the elderly, the satanic animal sacrificers, the drive-by rap music, and every other degenerate piece of junk no one else has the guts or honesty to deal with. Right. You sit back here, and after a call like that, it's just like... Society's blaming the zookeepers for mess the animals <laughs> Say there, Jimbo, it just occurred to me, and I hope you don't take offense at this comment, but you know, I think cops are the only real people left. fictional figure can be said to have dominated the pop cult of the 80s, it was the cop. Fucking police everywhere you turned, worse than real life. What an incredible bore. Powerful cops protecting the meek and humble at the expense of a half dozen or so articles of the Bill of Rights. Dirty Harry. Nice human cops coping with human perversity, coming out sweet and sour, you know, gruff and knowing but still soft inside. Hill Street Blues, most evil TV show ever. Wise-ass black cops scoring witty racist remarks against hick white cops who nevertheless come to love each other. Eddie Murphy, class traitor. For that masochist thrill, we got wicked, bent cops who threatened to topple our cozy consensus reality from within like Giger-designed tapeworms, but naturally get blown away just in the nick of time by the last honest cop, Robocop, ideal amalgam of prosthesis and sentimentality. We've been obsessed with cops since the beginning, but the rosers of yore played bumbling fools, keystone cops, car 54, where are you? Booby bobbies set up for Fatty Arbuckle or Buster Keaton to squash and deflate. But in the ideal drama of the 80s, the little man who once scattered blue bottles by the hundred with that anarchist's bomb innocently used to light a cigarette, the tramp, the victim with the sudden power of the pure heart, no longer has a place at the center of narrative. Once we were that hobo, that quasi-surrealist chaos hero who wins through Wu Wei over the ludicrous minions of a despised and irrelevant order. But now we are reduced to the status of victims without power or else criminals. We no longer occupy that central role, no longer the heroes of our own stories. We've been marginalized and replaced by the other, the cop. Thus, the cop show has only three characters, victim, criminal, and police person. But the first two fail to be fully human, only the pig is real. 
Oddly enough, human society in the 80s, as seen in the other media, sometimes appeared to consist of the same three cliché archetypes. First, the victims, the whining minorities bitching about rights, and who, pray tell, did not belong to a minority in the 80s. Shit, even cops complained about their rights being abused. Then, the criminals, largely non-white, despite the obligatory and hallucinatory integration of the media, largely poor or else obscenely rich, hence even more alien, largely perverse, that is, the forbidden mirrors of our desires. I've heard that one out of four households in America is robbed every year, and that every year nearly half a million of us are arrested just for smoking pot. In the face of such statistics, even assuming they're damned lies, one wonders who is not either victim... KBOO Portland. Sorry, Hakeem. The fuzz must mediate for all of us, however fuzzy the interface. They're our only warrior priests, however profane. America's Most Wanted, the most successful TV game show of the 80s, opened up for all of us the role of amateur cop, hitherto merely a media fantasy of middle-class resentment and revenge. Naturally, the true-life cop hates no one so much as the vigilante. Look what happens to poor and or non-white neighborhood self-protection groups, like the Muslims who tried to eliminate crack dealing in Brooklyn. The cops busted the Muslims, the pushers went free. Real vigilantes threaten the monopoly of enforcement, les majestés, more abominable than incest or murder. But mediated vigilantes function perfectly within the cop state. In fact, it would be more accurate to think of them as unpaid, not even a set of matched luggage, unpaid informers, telemetric snitches, electro-stoolies, rat finks for a day. What is it that America most wants? Does this phrase refer to criminals or to crimes? To objects of desire in their real presence, unrepresented, unmediated, literally stolen and appropriated? America most wants to fuck off work, ditch the spouse, do drugs, because only drugs make you feel as good as the people in TV ads appear to be. Have sex with nubile jailbait, sodomy, burglary, hell yes. What unmediated pleasures are not illegal? Even outdoor barbecues violate smoke ordinances nowadays. The simplest enjoyments turn us against some law. Finally, pleasure becomes too stress-inducing and only TV remains. And the pleasure of revenge, vicarious betrayal, the sick thrill of the tattletale. America can't have what it most wants, so it has America's most wanted instead. A nation of schoolyard toadies sucking up to an elite of schoolyard bullies. Of course, the program still suffers from a few strange reality glitches. For example, the dramatized segments are enacted cinema verite style by actors. Some viewers are so stupid they believe they're seeing actual footage of real crimes. Hence, the actors are being continually harassed and even arrested, along with, or instead of, the real criminals whose mugshots are flashed after each little documentoid. How quaint, eh? No one really experiences anything. Everyone reduced to the status of ghosts. Media images break off and float away from any contact with actual everyday life. Phones 
sex, cybersex, final transcendence of the body, cybernosis. The media cops, like televangelical forerunners, prepare us for the advent, final coming, or rapture of the police state. The wars on sex and drugs. Total control, totally leached of all content. A map with no coordinates in any known space. Far beyond mere spectacle. Sheer ecstasy standing outside the body. Obscene simulacrum. Meaningless, violent spasms elevated to the last principle of governance. Image of a country consumed by images of self-hatred. War between the schizoid halves of a split personality. Super ego versus the id kid for the heavyweight championship of an abandoned landscape. Burnt, polluted, empty, desolate, unreal. Just as the murder mystery is always an exercise in sadism, so the cop fiction always involves the contemplation of control. The image of the inspector or detective measures the image of our lack of autonomous substance, our transparency before the gaze of authority, our perversity, our helplessness. Whether we imagine them as good or evil, our obsessive invocation of the eidolons of the cops reveals the extent to which we have accepted the Manichaean worldview they symbolize. Millions of tiny cops swarm everywhere, like the clip-off, larval, hungry ghosts. They fill the screen, as in Keaton's famous two-reeler, overwhelming the foreground, an Antarctic where nothing moves but hordes of sinister blue penguins. We propose an esoteric hermeneutical exegesis of the surrealist slogan, Mort au Vache. We take it to refer not to the deaths of individual cops, or cows in the argot of the period, mere leftist revenge fantasy, petty reverse sadism, but rather to the death of the image of the fleek, the inner control and its myriad reflections in the no-place place of the media, the gray room, as Burroughs calls it. Self-censorship, fear of one's own desires, conscience as the interiorized voice of consensus authority. To assassinate these security forces would indeed release floods of libidinal energy, but not the violent running amok predicted by the theory of law and order. Nietzschean self-overcoming provides the principle of organization for the free spirit, as also for anarchist society, at least in theory. In the police state personality, libidinal energy is damned and diverted towards self-repression. Any threat to control results in spasms of violence. In the free spirit personality, energy flows unimpeded and therefore turbulently but gently. Its chaos finds its strange attractor, allowing new spontaneous orders to emerge. In this sense, then, we call for a boycott of the image of the cop and a moratorium on its production in art. In this sense, mort au vache. Shop as usual and avoid panic buying.
You're still listening to Radio Lost and Found on KBU 90.7 FM in Portland. Coming from my house to the station to your ear holes. Hope you're digging the show. Uh, that rather long-winded piece was by someone named Hakim Bey. And it came, comes from an album called Taz, Temporary Autonomous Zone. And that track was called Boycott Cup Culture. And then we heard Funkadelic before that, the title track from their album, America Eats Its Young, from 1972. And then we heard SWAT, which was a curious super group of people um, from Poison Idea and other bands. I, I, I believe the late, recently passed away, Steve Hanford's The Slayer Hippie is on this album, as well as members of Poison Idea, both dead and alive. Um, we heard th- their rendition of the theme from SWAT sort of mashed up there with Shaft, and that came from a really weird 1994 album called Deep Inside a Cop's Mind. And then we heard Magazine, a-, a song full of moral fiber. We heard Model Worker from their album The Correct Use of Soap. And then uh, this, I dedicated this to the people of Minneapolis. It was Sonny Curtis's Love is All Around, also known as the Mary Tyler Moore Show theme. Which sounded weird. I've never heard... It's like one of those things when you hear a song that's used as a theme song. And then you hear the whole damn thing and it's really peculiar. Not how you remembered it. And then three tracks from the Rudy Schwartz Project. We heard um, in reverse order at the Illinois Pole Barn Clusterfuck. And that came from the album Delicious Ass Frenzy from 2010. Uh, and that was preceded by Carry Me Back to the Good Old USA. And that came from his album Full Frontal Klugman. And then from his latest album, Hold Me in Your Arms and Sing to Me Like Dick Powell, we heard my what I consider my number one hit of, of 2019, Dead Nazi by the Side of the Road, again from the Rudy Schwartz Project. That catches us up. Thanks for listening. Hope you're digging the show. It's fun. This is live from my house. It's really peculiar. I'm surprised I'm not accidentally saying my other show's name because I do it there as well. Oh, that's it for background music. How about some Bloister Cult for no reason at all? Ready, black. 
that Bayern person and added on those two zeros. He was spitting mad when he saw it there's offer, and he wasn't flattered. He said, a measly thousand bucks for me is much too little. I'm worth a lot more than that. <laughs> That's right, he said that. And then he added the zeros on the thousand. <laughs> there isn't anyone got the guts to face that killer, eh? <laughs> <laughs>
difference between justice and hey, murder. Sir. He's coming out. I can see his horse. Gosh, what excitement. Go ahead. Load up and shoot. I was right there listening, and I just couldn't leave till I heard both the stories. Time sure flies. You only know how to play. We have the Mac 1011. I'll shoot the Mac 10. We have the AK 47S. I'll shoot the Mac 10. We have a 12 gauge skeet shotgun. I'll shoot the Mac 10. You make it look easy. You will gauge 10 targets over in the lake. Close to four in 90 seconds. You have 30 seconds to load and that's ready. Stand by. is in your hand. Shoot the Mac 10. Shoot the Mac 10. Shoot the Mac 10. Shoot the Mac 10. I'll shoot the Mac 10. Join me in our 
Younger children usually guide through authority. Although we explain to four-year-old Tommy why he shouldn't play with matches, we usually end up saying don't and taking the matches away. But if we tell 13-year-old Mary not to do something because it's wrong, without helping her figure out why, we often find a rebellion.
and creator of all things. I alone stretched out the heavens. By myself, I made the earth and everything in it. Hear the little heartbeat. Should I kill it? See the forming image. Kill it. lost my internet connection temporarily. I'm sorry. I hope I wasn't lost for long. I was over here spinning records and I realized I, I saw a network error thing. So I guess I'm back. You know, I blame it on that record I'm playing. Gary S. Paxton. The big A equals the big M. A cheery, cheery anti-abortion song. Uh, before that, we heard someone named Power Source did Dear Mr. Jesus. And then we heard some uh, brand spanking new brand flakes called I'm So Glad to See You. And then before that, we heard Emergency Broadcast Network. Oh, that, you know what? I need to do something. Because that record is going to go right off the needle. Hang on. Some kind of background music. Hang on a second. To make decisions is one of the most important responsibilities but it isn't easy. Because you're getting to that danger stage. Yes. And you'll be playing around. <laughs> the adventures of uh, doing live radio from your house. So before that, we heard Emergency Broadcast Network with Shoot the Mac 10, and that came from their album Telecommunication Breakdown. And then we heard Robo Ruckus Roboticus Never Play with Scratches. Here it is right here. From his album Playing with Scratches. Then we heard depth, a bunch of stuff mixed together live, in, live on turntables. Um, we heard Depth Charge with Bounty Killers, and that came from Nine Deadly Venoms. And then we heard Material Reality Dub mixed in with Material Reality, and that came from the Third Power and the Manifestation Axiom compilation. And then we heard some Blue Oyster Cult, and as Arthur says, there's no reason not to play Blue Oyster Cult. We heard the Red and the Black from Tyranny and Mutation from 1972. So, um, yes, Radio Lost and Found continues... Hopefully, sorry about that interruption. 
Hope you're still listening. But if we tell 13-year-old Mary not to do something because it's wrong, without helping her figure out why, we often find a rebellion. Hi, I'm Potty Pal. Here's a question for you. What is your name? Oh, I'm glad to meet you. Now that we're friendly, I'd like to say, you look so smart and so grown up today. I'm going to Grandma's. You're welcome to come. We'll have some chocolate cookies and some peppermint gum. Before I get dressed, there is one thing I know. I must use the potty now before we go. Yes, before I get dressed, I must go to the potty. My clothes are inside my see-through bag. Do you see them? Well, I'm going to the potty. Would you please take them out of my little bag and look at them? Okay. Well, I'm happy as I can be. Everybody's so proud of me. I'm off to use the potty. I do it without care. Because I'm grown up and I know how to use the potty chair. I went to the potty and put my potty pants right back on. Do you see my potty pants? Oh, I'm so proud of them. I see you have taken my clothes out of my see-through bag. Oh, good. Can you guess what to put on me first? Yes, my play suit with the big red polka dots on it. Just put it on me and press down. It'll stick to me like magic. That's it. <laughs> say, say, how do you like my red and white shoes? Will you put them on me next? One foot, and then the other foot. That's right. Now, I guess you'd better put my hat on, too. That'll make my mommy happy. Well, golly gee, look at me. I look pretty neat if I do say so myself. Now we can go to Grandma's house. She has a nifty backyard we can play in, and she makes lumpkin... Uh, Lumpkin, uh, pumpkin pie. We're off to my grandma's today. We'll sing and laugh and play. We'll eat pumpkin pie pulled up to the sky. Come on if you're going my way. We're off to my grandma's. Come on, and my grandma's walk to my grandma's today. If you come to my grandma's with me, here are some of the things you will see. A baseball and bat, a bird dog and cat, and a 50-inch color TV. So come to my grandma's. We're off to my grandma's. Come on to my grandma's with me. You see? Isn't this swell? I know a super game we can play. It's a touch-tapping game. Want to play it? It's easy. Just touch me wherever I tell you to. Ready? Touch my nose, pat my hair. I don't like I where like this to is going. Use my potty chair. Rub my tummy. It tells me when I must go to the potty again. Clap your hands, slap your knees. How would you like to wear pants like me? Tickle my chin. Touch my toe. To the potty, I have to go. Uh-oh. Something tells me that I have to go potty again. I can feel it right down by my tummy. I'd better stop playing right now and go inside. 
I sure wouldn't want my potty pants to get wet. Then I wouldn't be grown up anymore. When I wet my pants, Grandma thinks I'm a baby. Will you help me take off my play suit? It's easy, isn't it? You can put my play suit back on me. That's very nice of you. I have something else in my bag that belongs to me, too. Can you find it? It's my very own super-duper badge. All of we grown-up boys and girls who use the potty can wear this special badge. It means we never wet our pants. I always use the potty. If I'm away at the park or at the store, I tell my mommy and she shows me where the potty is. That's the grown-up thing to do. Would you like to wear a badge like me? I brought one A very plausible position is that what we call mind is the results of the anatomy and physiology of the brain and nothing more that uh, our thoughts, feelings, sensations, sense of consciousness, emotions are all due to the uh, chemical and electrical connection inside the brain. in on Lemmy here, but uh, that's going to do it for Radio Lost and Found. Sorry for the little hiccup. I had some kind of network issue here at home, and that happens. That's a drag. We'll have to figure out something. But we did it. Live radio. It went off without a hitch, otherwise. Um, we just heard a couple things mixed together. A potty training record called Potty Pals. And uh, mixed in with Ron Geeson and Roger Waters. For music from the body. And then we heard that record Gary S. Paxton. The big A and the big M, a really cheerful uh, anti-abortion record on blood red vinyl. And then someone named Power Source did Dear Mr. Jesus. And then we heard the Brand Flakes with I'm So Glad to See You. And then I think that was it. I think I I actually back announced all that stuff. So yes, uh, thanks to Arthur. We did it. This is a live broadcast from a producer's home and it worked. We'll iron out the bug. Sorry for the little delay. Hope you stayed tuned in. If you're listening to me, you probably did. Stay tuned in. Hi, Christy. 
Hi, everyone who might be listening. Hi, Sean the bus driver. Oh, and it's going to be Diablo next, so you want to stay tuned. After this show, it'll be Diablo. So thank you so much for listening to me. Hope you enjoyed the show. And I'll let you listen to the lilting refrains of Let Me Kill Mister in Hawkwind. Bye-bye. Computer would like to express its appreciation for your attention. KBO, Portland, Oregon, bridging the gap between prisons.